you've been keeping up with my episodes of late, uh, something you wouldn't do, even I wouldn't, uh, you would know that I'm following two wars, Armenia versus Azerbaijan and Ethiopia versus Tigray, so to speak. And I got yet another new insight into war via the Ethiopia one today. There are always so many factors interplaying. Um, and, and when I'm studying something like Ethiopia versus Tigray or Armenia versus Azerbaijan, it's not because I've got any great interest in those places. Uh, but when you study one war, you, uh, on one level, you're studying all wars, you know. And if you take an interest in a culture, you know, like Rome or Greece or Ethiopia and other ones that I've taken an interest, each time you study one of those things, you're not studying those cultures. You're studying all cultures on one level, you know. I could do an episode on Botswana and, and call it the history of Botswana and it would end up a history of all cultures ever on the planet because you would end up comparing Botswana to Rome for example oh excuse me someone's trying to park behind me move forward a bit um so now the next angle to consider when it comes to asking questions like, who started this war, you know, is uh, the question of immunity from prosecution. Um, my goddaughter passed that one on to me today. I hadn't considered that with respect to the Ethiopian war uh, that's on foot at the moment. Well, right, that's always a factor, um, as is um, peaceful transition or non-peaceful transition of power. Um, okay, immunity from prosecution can be a powerful motivation uh, for not wanting to go out of power. All right, what am I thinking about here? Um, all right, the history of Ethiopia um, since the Imperial Age has been one of um, phases. Um, uh, there was a eras. There's a Derg era, and then there was a TPLF dominant era, and now there's an Amhara dominant era. Um, and because their institutions are weak, these trans and oh, before that there was the Haile Selassie era. Okay, so there's four eras in a row. Uh, so um, now because Ethiopia's institutions are weak necessarily, you know, uh, because. They've only recently overthrown an empire, uh, you know, an imperial age, um, in the scheme of things. Uh, so after Haile Selassie was kicked out, the last emperor of Ethiopia, well, there was no structure at all, you know, and that, um, so they had to start from scratch with a new system. So no institutions, not just weak institutions, but no institutions, you know. So that's the situation that Derg was playing with. Uh, when they knocked off Haiti Selassie. Um, now, when institutions are weak, transitions of power 
you know, and transitions of power come along like the tides. They're the tides of history, you know. Like even in Australia, we get transitions of power from Liberal to Labor to Liberal to Labor. You know, ten all my life that's been just quietly ten years this way, ten years that way, ten years this way, ten years that way. But our institutions are extremely strong, and the transitions of power are smooth. And um, each time there is a transition of power, the next power, you know, doesn't put the previous power in jail. Right. But whilst you're in power, you know, there's a certain level of immunity from prosecution, but um, technically, you know. So um, so in places like Australia and New Zealand, um, transition of power is smooth. Um, in America of late, a little bit less smooth, smooth, you know. Donald Trump, before the 2016 election, essentially promised that he wasn't going to accept the election if he lost. Shocking. If he was in Australia, you know. Um, and that's why I thought he was a horrible sort of person back then. And he did the same thing in this election too, the 2020 election, and he's still doing it. You know, But the Democrats weren't, weren't much better in the US, you know. When Donald Trump did get into power, um, that cry of, not my president, went up. You know. And, um, and um, they wanted to impeach him. Um, and all that sort of stuff. So that was, you know, not accepting the election result. Whereas, um, and and now, same thing, you know. And there's even little murmurs about maybe um, prosecuting Donald Trump, is there? You know, I don't think so. But it's technically possible. When you go out of power, you can be prosecuted. Sorry, my arm was getting tired. I'll move the camera. Um, okay. So New Zealand, um, they had an election recently, and the losing person... Um, said um, congratulations to the winner and bring on 2023 how's that yeah. smooth transition of power now with Ethiopia uh, very weak institutions so Haile Selassie got knocked off the last emperor of Ethiopia in the what it was 1970s 75 maybe um, and bloody um, bloody, you know, violent. And then in came the Derg, and there's just no institutions at all. And the Derg, apparently, you know, I assume, were trying to put some sort of institution in place, maybe one you hate, but putting something in place, systems. And, uh, but that was just a bloody era, uh, which is a little bit unsurprising, you know. After you knock off an imperial era, look, it was, there was a reign of terror in France, too. So if the Derg were bad, well, they, they were no worse, maybe, than the French uh, revolutionaries who overthrew um, the Bourbons in France. Um, you know, the reign of terror was shocking in France. You know. So when, you, when you've got, yeah, pro probably the Derg was what you would expect after you knock off an emperor and you have nothing in place. You know, you have to invent it on the spot. You know, yeah. But that was one bob, the Derg. You know. And, you know, probably due to their violent behaviour and all that sort of thing, um, eventually the tide of history turned and another mob rose up, which were kind of Tigre-dominant. Um, another group. I don't know who the Derg were. Were they mostly Amhara? I don't know. They would have been a mixture. It's never black and white. But anyway, so... Uh, um, uh, 
institutions are still weak by the end of the era of the Dirk. And then Tigrayan elite and Tigrayan people rose up and pushed out the Dirk. So we had a transition of power situation yet again. Um, and it was bloody. There's a war, you know, full-on war. And, uh, okay, and, and the transition of power happened. And there was a certain level of prosecution for the previous mob. They were, they were not immune to prosecution. Because when you're in power, you're immune to prosecution, you see. So the Derg were uh, immune to prosecution. And um, after the what's called the TPLF, the Tigrayans got in play, uh, place um, and took power, um, the Derg were liable for prosecution. A lot of them ran away to America and... I think the the boss um, he went down and lived with Robert Mugabe, yeah, so they knew they were going to be charged. All right. So then we had the TPLF era, but the institutions are still weak. And as far as I can tell, uh, the TPLF TPLF dominant era started to get institutions in place. So they're starting to move towards what Australia's got, let's say, and um, doing quite a good job of it, as far as I can tell. Um, and they even got a single party coalition going so that all the tribes were represented and all this sort of stuff. So, because there's different mobs in Ethiopia. So, you know, the Haile Selassie represented one mob, probably. This probably goes back 3,000 years, you know. Um, and then the next, you know, the Dirk guy, he probably represented one mob or a couple of mobs, you know, more than other mobs. And uh, picked on the Tigrayans, for example, probably. And um, was horrendous to them. Now, now the TPLF, uh, the Tigrayans in that next era, under a guy called Meles, um, was trying to get these institutions, I, I can see he was getting the institutions in, in place, but it was going to take a long time. I, I reckon it was going to take 100 years. And um, the idea was that for that experiment, or for that process to play out, I think the Tigrayans would have had to stay in power, because they're the only ones who were able to push this new idea through, which was called an ethnic federalism. And if there was going to be any transition of power and some other mob was going to be dominant, they weren't going to be able to keep that initiative going. So a flaw in that system that um, Malice created, that the Tigrayans created, was that the Tigrayans had to stay dominant until such time as the institutions became strong and only when they were at some sort of level like Australia's, institutions-wise, could the Tigrayans then finally trust the Oromo, uh, you know, some other mob, Amharans or Oromo or whatever, to become dominant and take a step back. But the Tigrayans, there was no way, I think, that the Tigrayans could take a step back in that system until the institutions were strong. And um, I don't think the I don't think history can wait that long, a hundred years, with one party dominant. I don't think history can wait that long. So the tide of history turned, you know, and uh, just like it does in Australia, Labor, Liberal, and the Tigrayans, their time had come. They, you know, they were in play, what, 20 years? They probably outlived their welcome. They probably outlived the glory of having knocked off the Derg, the previous mob, you know, and that became a distant memory. And part and parcel of trying to get these institutions in place um, build institutions is you do have to do a certain amount of suppression of dissenting voices whilst you're doing that. It's not pleasant and it's not pretty. So, you know, 
that they would have had to do horrible things to people who uh, disagreed with what they were doing. You know. Anyway, so eventually, I think you know you could you could see it happening. Some Falasi or Falesi or whatever his name is did a uh, had a protest at the Olympics. You know, an Oromo guy rising up against the Tigray dominant um, oppressors. You know. Now, if you're a Tigrayan, you would say we're we're trying to do something good here. We have to do bad things in order to for the greater good long term. You know, but the Oromo guys, you know, they said we don't care about that. You're suppressing us now. We're having a horrible life. Um, no, you know, and they protested. You know, and then the Amharans, I think, have taken advantage of that, and they've felt a little bit disenfranchised in the whole process too. You know, second class political citizens and um, and they um, and and so the tide of history came and it was time for a power shift from one mob to the other from the Tigrayans across to the Amharans now if uh, the if the Tigrayans had been able to get the institutions strong enough that trans transition of power would have been uh, smoothish like we get here in Australia but they, were, they only had 10% of the job done. So, the transition of power has been bloody. Okay. Inevitable. And if, if, if a transition of power is inevitable and something like a civil war breaks out, who's to blame? If it's in, you know, like Dr. Abby or Mr. Abby, whatever you want to call him, Abby. Um, he um, is the Prime Minister at the moment overseeing this current civil war or police operation or whatever you want to call it. Um, now, my feeling is blood was inevitable. You know, something like a bloody transition of power, almost like a civil war, was inevitable. So is he personally responsible? Well, my feeling is no matter who was Prime Minister, you know, if the transition was on, the transition of power was on was going to have to do something bloody because Ethiopia's never had a transition of power that wasn't bloody um, you know especially since the imperial era in fact this one might turn out to be the least bloody transition of power ever which you know it's horrible when you're in the middle of it I'm not in the middle of it but there I know people who are in the middle of it and they're um, extremely upset as they should be um, but that's because they're in the middle of it. But when you step back and you're someone like me, you look at it and you say, it's actually not that bloody, you know, compared to previous ones. Ethiopia's kind of stepping forward, is it? You know, and the Tigrayans might well say, well, that's just because we started to get good institutions in place. Um, and the extent to which this transition of power is less bloody than previous ones is, you know, to our credit. Yeah, you know, to that I'd agree with them, you know. But the point is, um, where do you, who do you blame for this war actually breaking out? Um, and, you know, I blame weak institutions. You know, it's a country in transition. All the usual stuff. So I wouldn't blame Abby himself. Whoever was Prime Minister was going to oversee a kind of bloody transition of power. Now... There's this other aspect that, you know, and this is how I started this episode, this immunity from prosecution motivation. Now, as it turns out, the Tigrayans, when they were sidelined because the transition of power was on, 
you know, one mob was coming up and they wanted the other mob to go down. It was their turn to go down, the Tigranes, and it's the Amharans' turn to come up. Now, when you go out of power, you lose your immunity from prosecution for things you've done in the past. And the Tigranes, of course, have done things in the past to, you know, in their era. Bad things, you know, of course, for reasons previously stated. Well, when the next mob comes in, you know, it's them, it's to them and their mates uh, that they have done the bad things to, you know, resulting in death and mayhem and oppression and all sorts of things, and suppression. Um, so, as, as in the recent transition of power, before it got very bloody, um, the Oromos were coming up and they were just quietly sidelining the Tigrayans. Now, the Tigrayans, um, number one, they probably didn't want to go out of power in the first place for all sorts of ideological reasons and, oh, we had this great plan in place and he's changing the plan completely and putting a completely different system in place, you know, a civic federalism that we don't think will work. We had the better plan, you know, an ethnic federalism and all this sort of stuff, all that detail, 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 all probably true. But this is the other aspect. That as the, the Amhara and Akama, forget which system is the best one and all that sort of stuff and which, you know, what sort of constitution you should have and all that sort of thing, all important stuff. But um, as the Amharans are coming up and the Tigrayans are going down, if the Amharans can completely oust the Tigrayans from power, those Tigrayans become liable uh, for prosecution. You know, simple as that. Um, and I reckon the Tigrayans were aware of that, and that would have been a motivating factor in them opposing the transition of power. Um, not just the ideological stuff, you know. Um, so, you know, just saving their own asses. Survival instinct. And I'm talking just the elite, not the people, you know. Um, if, if the Tigrayans had, elite had gone quietly, the transition of power might have been a lot smoother on one level, and um, a lot of deaths would have been avoided. So to some extent, you could blame the Tigrayan elite for Tigrayan ordinary people getting killed. But the Tigrayan ordinary people support the Tigrayan elite. So it's always complicated. But, you know, arguably, if they had have just gone down and then got allowed themselves to be prosecuted and... Um, and ran away to the United States or to Zimbabwe and hid, you know, all the Tigrayan elite, you know, all right, we lose, we're out, you know. Bring on the next 20 years and then we'll make a comeback then, you know, which is a little bit like what the Amharans have been doing this time around. Um, you know, this civil war might have been uh, avoided, but what the Tigrayans did instead, they said, no, we have to stay in power. And they had a national election in Tigray Voting, getting themselves voted back in, and, and that was bound to happen because the Tigrayan people support their own elite. All right, but the point is, Abbey had had suspended the elections. You know, he had a good, he had an, an excuse, coronavirus, and um, he had delayed the elections. And he said, "We're not having elections yet. We'll have them later when coronavirus settled down, settles down." Yeah, you know, obviously that's probably corrupt on one level, but he's able to do it under the constitution, I think. You know, and New Zealand did that. Yeah, for a much shorter term, time, Jacinda Ardern, the most beautiful Jacinda Ardern, who was up against Abby for a Nobel Peace Prize, um, she did that too. So, you know, it's not wrong. So, 
Abby said, no, we're going to delay the elections. Um, now, in that period, he could have sidelined and ousted the Tigrayans, but the Tigrayans said, we, this doesn't work in our interests, the Tigrayan elite. Um, we have to be officially still in power somehow, and they held their own elections in defiance of Abby nationally. They had a state national election, yeah, which is a red rag to a ball. Um, but, you know, to a certain extent, the Tigrayan elite is saving its own collective arse by doing that. And so that's another motivation for having that election, you know, because it's a curious thing, because that election can be argued to have started this civil war. It could be the Tigrayan elite's fault on one construction. You know? I don't think any particular person is, in, is at fault in starting this war. It's on at present. The tide of history in, um, in a land of weak... Uh, institutions is to blame for this war. It's inevitable, you know. Um, but, you know, both sides you know, acted in certain ways over the last 20 years that caused this war to happen. But it was all to do with um, a country which is weak institutions-wise needing to have a transition of power and not knowing how to do that without blood. Okay, so I think that's an extra layer on this war. And, um, and it helps me understand every war. Yeah, because even Julius Caesar had to do that. He had to grab power or be prosecuted. That was a major uh, motivation for Caesar wanting to become, you know, first man in Rome at the time politically. Uh, not for, you know... He, when he did speeches, Julius Caesar, he said, this is for the people that I'm doing this. You know? But it was also rendering him immune from prosecution. Because if you're in charge, you can't be prosecuted. Because you are the law sort of thing. You're the lawmaker. You know? Like Donald Trump, he's been immune for doing what, whatever you might think he's been doing bad lately. You know? He's been immune from that because he's the president. You know, he's got official immunity. Once he goes out of power, technically he can be... Um, yeah, you know, I personally think Donald Trump is responsible for a lot of coronavirus deaths, you know, um, a hell of a lot. Uh, but, you know, he's got his reasons trying to save the economy. I don't know what the logic of that is, you know, because Victoria, we've, we, uh, just today, we have achieved what's called formal elimination status. No coronavirus. You know, there are comedians over in America saying that's impossible, and yet we've done it in a large population in which... Coronavirus did you know did run right for a while there, and we pulled it back. Yet we have been told that that's technically impossible, and yet we've done it. You know? So technically, somewhere like Florida, for example, could have done it. They could have shut their borders like us, put fourteen thousand state troopers on the border. We put fourteen thousand troopers, well, police on our borders too, and it worked. And our economy doesn't appear smashed yet. No more smashed than anyone else's in the world, yeah, sure, we're going to have troubles, but isn't all these, you know, America's going to have trouble too, isn't it? Are we worse off? Yeah, maybe the Donald Trump economy versus coronavirus argument uh, was flawed all along. You might as well get rid of the coronavirus because your economy's going to be smashed anyway, and then try and recover your economy once the coronavirus is gone, eliminated like we've done here. Maybe Donald Trump had it wrong and we've, and Dan Andrews here in Australia's got it right. On the economy, not on coronavirus, on the economy, you know? Smashed coronavirus, 
to fix the economy. You know, maybe time will tell. But the point is um, that um, you know Donald Trump, you know, if history proves that he did something wrong in sacrificing a lot of humans, you know, allowing them to die for a fallacious idea of you know, this is this is not going to happen. It's not in Joe Biden's interests to have Donald Trump prosecuted, I don't think. There's too many Trump supporters in America. He's, he doesn't want to do that, Donald Biden. But if he did want to, he could raise a case at least that it was unnecessary to kill that many people with messages of, you know, don't we, you know, don't, don't do what the scientists are telling you to do. Don't do that. You know, that's what Donald Trump was doing. And he could, you know, technically, it won't happen, but he could, he is liable for prosecution. He, he might not be prosecuted, but, you know, if a few things happen, you know, you can imagine a lobby group getting up that was um, doing a class action acting for all the people who died. 260,000 people died in America. And, you know, someone might say, listen, 50,000 or 100,000 of those are unnecessary because of Donald Trump's actions, you know. And he'd be liable for prosecution. And you can imagine Donald Trump wanting to hold on to power or having a rogue election somewhere um, to get himself voted in, at least in a couple of states, to make himself immune for prosecution. It's a wildly crazy idea in um, America. But, you know, on one level, is that what happened in Ethiopia when the Tigrayan elite had an election in Tigray in opposition to the national elections? Immunity from prosecution. You know, it's another motivation, another factor that goes into what very much looks like the unavoidability of war uh, when it comes to many wars. You know, like even World War One, it seemed unav unavoidable. No one knew how not to have it. I don't think Ethiopia knows how not to have a war when the transition of power is on.